0: This is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and
1: at seattlesports.com.
0: Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman
2: and Bob Stelton.
1: Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. I'm hoping everybody's having a great day, and I would imagine if you are a Seahawks fan listening to us right now, It's a pretty darn good day for the most part, unless you had your heart set on Dan Quinn, Mike Kafka, Frank Smith. (laughs) slowick if you if you had your heart set on one of those all right maybe not such a great day but i would say the majority of the seahawks fan base is feeling pretty good day because mike mcdonald is the new head coach of your seattle seahawks 36 years old
2: i think that i think people are are happy with this one i I think that's kind of what people deep down wanted just because after that 14 year tenure with with pete carroll time to to move on to what's perceived to be uh sort of the the younger smarter guys that have new ways of fresh ways of looking at football and you know this is pretty amazing what what this guy has done Uh, Mike McDonald because you know you look at the guy didn't play football Um, he started off at a high school and then he ends up at Georgia and by the way pretty much wherever he's been they've won but if you go and look at just his history and where he's been it's it's pretty pretty remarkable I mean talk about a, a rapid rise I mean he's a graduate assistant in 2010 at Georgia and then you know, ten years later, he's the linebackers coach at at uh, at Baltimore, and then he was a D coordinator at Michigan, which I was looking up their numbers. They were number eight scoring defense in the entire country when he was the D coordinator there, and then back to the Ravens as their D coordinator, t- 2022 to present. And um, yeah, I just I felt like he was the guy that could get the most out of our defense, and I thought our defense underperformed the most, so I thought that was the right choice, but. There's no way that's what John Schneider was you know entirely thinking about. There was all kinds of other things about his leadership mm-hmm. and you know being able to put guys in the right spot, getting the most out of your players and that's that's what a head coach does. Any
1: chance he could bring some of those free Agent Raven defenders over?
2: Yeah, I was just Patrick thinking Queen that Queen want to come over. Or? Yeah, I was Madabrique. I um, like that guy. I think Gina <laughs> Gino Stone also is. Uh, I was talking to uh, son of Augustus, and he's writing up an article about that very thing. And I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you know, to get your your defense going, you got Jadavian Clowney also. Jadavian Clowney also was on that defense and played probably better. And you know, maybe his best season. Maybe his best season. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. But if you look at, like, the numbers and yeah. the way that he's he's freed up. But to me, Patrick Queen definitely stands out as a linebacker that can run. You know, he's dropping. He's playing the run. He pretty much understands that defense. And they do need linebackers. There's no question about that. So I, I think that, you know, as, as all things being equal, if somebody's going to pay him Patrick Queen way more money than the Seahawks want to pay, I'm sure they're going to let him go. but if everything is equal i i think he would he wouldn't mind you know if he's thinking about leaving go somewhere where you know the defense and you know how to run it that's a that's a pretty attractive offer there
1: yeah i i love this i'm excited about this i was uh you know we talked about it a bunch it was to me it was him or ben johnson and it was one and one a i would have been ecstatic either way like that i just felt like it's an inspired pick doesn't mean it'll work out i mean who but i give I give John a ton of credit. I mean, he he's he's going for it. He could have gone. The safe pick to me would have been Dan Quinn because you know him. He's familiar. He's been here. He's he's got a, a coaching resume as a head coach. So that would have been the safe. And maybe it works out. Maybe Dan Quinn is. I don't know if he's going to land with the Commanders or what happens with him. But um, maybe he maybe he has a ton of success, and we'll see how it all plays out. But even if this doesn't work out, I feel like I'm not going to be mad at John. I feel like this was this was an inspired move. Uh, and it's a it's a shift and it's it's i mean to go from the oldest coach in the NFL to the to a guy who's exactly half his age the youngest coach in the NFL and giving him a first time opportunity and this is a we talked about what a big deal this is for John Schneider to get this right you know he's been here 14 years his first opportunity to bring in a, a head coach and you you know there's a little different expectation i think than if he were a GM who just got brought into the building so, I, I, to me, it's an inspired choice. I love it. I I can't wait to see what it looks like under, Inspired under meaning, like, it's going to get people fired up. Yeah, it just, like, he just, there was there was just some, uh, I don't, he didn't take the safe way. He didn't take the safe route. Like I said, Dan Quinn, to me, represented, all right, I, I know pretty much what you're going to get out of this guy. This, you don't really know. I mean, obviously, he gleaned a lot from their conversation, so much so that they said, you're our guy. Let's yeah. let's slide the contract in front of you. Let's get it done, but this isn't the safe pick, I don't think, because it's a it's unproven. Nobody has any idea what kind of coach he's going to be, what kind of coach Ben Johnson would be, or any of these coordinators that have yet to assume that that amount of responsibility.
2: Yeah, and as far as the track
1: record goes, yeah, yeah you don't, sure. you're, you're taking a risk. It's, yeah. It represents a level of risk. Now, this guy, by all accounts, is a brilliant mind, and you know everybody obviously he dazzled in the in the interviews, so you feel good about it if you're John, but. If he wanted to go safe and, well, I just, you know, get some stability and I know exactly what I'm going to get out of this guy, he could have gone with Dan Quinn.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, and, and look, here's the other thing, too, is that I think the culture, one of the things we, and rightfully so, we give a lot of credit to Pete for setting the culture there. I mean, mm-hmm. he was he was the head guy. John's got a lot of say in that and, like, the humility and, and the way that they treat everybody. Um, I, I feel like, you know, he's... As far as a departure from the identity, I don't think it's going to be as much as everybody thinks. Just because John's still there, and he had, you know, he he knew everybody in the building, and you know, he had his stamp on on the culture as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I I think I think the fact that it's a young guy, he's thirty six years old, he had this meteoric rise, and all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like Kalen DeBoer. It's it's kind of fascinating. It's like, what is it about this guy? And, And it'll be so interesting to to get number one. Can't wait to see who he hires and why, mm-hmm. you know, and that the the explanation of you know what what this guy can bring. I mean, that's going to be very very curious. And then you know, just see. How what the players say after having had a couple of his uh, his practices, you know, and things like that. And by the way, everybody's gonna have to start all over again because he's gonna have a different idea on just just stupid little things like how we practice. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Seahawks had that thing forever where they would go out and stretch, and then they would all run through the bags. And remember the all the assistant coaches would come Yelling over there and jump and, up and down and yeah. yell and do jumping jacks. You and love everything. that. Well, I mean, if I was if I was a coach, I don't know that I would have participated in that part. But, but I mean, that was just totally different. That's what Pete Pete's deal was. And look, Pete, it worked. What he did worked. No question about it. It's just a, a different way. So, I don't know, my point is that you're going to have everything is going to be different. Everything is going to going to change. But it's still football. And you're going to have to learn, you know, some new, probably some, uh, some new vocabulary. And everybody calls things differently in the NFL. And there's going to be a little bit of a, an adjustment there. But I'm really excited to see, number one, what we hear from him. And then when we get a chance to talk to Schneider, like, tell us about this, this whole hunt for a head coach. And, you know, what, what each guy brought to the table and, you know, what, what you thought, what you were looking for, and what makes this guy so special.
1: Yeah. I, I, I can't wait to hear what stood out in this conversation versus others and did you just his method, just his first time doing it. I think it's very cool. And how did how did he attack it? Did we talked about it yesterday. Did you have a did you have a list of, I don't know, ten questions you were gonna ask every single person you talked to? They were all gonna get those ten, but then you had the unique questions based on what their background was that mm-hmm. applied only to them or, you know, I, it's, it's uh it's a cool thing. It's, it's a very, it's exciting. I'm, a, I'm fired up for this team and, and to see what he's going to do it's, you know, to, to have something brand new. I mean, it's, This isn't a knock on Pete, but you just kind of went into each season knowing what you're going to get. Here's Pete. Here's how he talks. Here's how you parse Pete. This is what he means when he says this. And, you know, you just got used to it. It was kind of like a comfortable pair of shoes. Like, yeah, this is is how it goes. I know exactly what we're in store for. And you had varying levels of success each season. But, you know, this is to have just this dramatic change after 14 years. This is – it will be an adjustment for fans and media.
2: Well, I think the other thing that this went – so well is again i i I was wrong i i thought the reason why they let pete go early is because that they had somebody the window was going to close he's had his eye on this guy it's the opposite of that and and what they did is went through for us kind of a painful process it's like come on we want to know who the coach is but he went through john went through and you know did a very he did his due diligence on on every single coach and yet still it seems like they got the guy that they wanted you know, um, because he's kind of a he's kind of a dark horse for a 36 year old guy who, you know, hasn't hasn't played football and things like that. So, you know, I think again, I think you said the safe bet would have been Quinn. I still think there's not a huge difference between these young coaches and the older coaches and things like that. But it does kind of indicate that he went and found somebody that. You know, well, somebody said something about Goodwill Hunting? Quit trying to look for you know the janitor. That's a uh, oh you know, <laughs> the genius, the secret genius yeah, or whatever. Exactly, and, and I I don't know if maybe that's that's the way they see him, but it's pretty remarkable to look at. Number one, what people say about him, and then you know we we broke it down yesterday and roll the tape. There was uh, there was some some pretty cool tape where he was kind of going through and saying that it's pretty simple the things that they do, and just. His concept, the way he looks at football, is going to be really interesting to see this guy sort of unroll and, and see what what he's all about. I can't wait. You guys can text in eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six.
1: 3776 powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Did the Seahawks get the right guy? in your opinion, as a Seahawks fan, considering who was out there. Obviously, Johnson removed himself from consideration, so he wasn't part of it, but of the coaches that you know they spoke to that were still available, do you feel like they got the right guy? You guys can text that in. Uh, Again, 866-979-3776. Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. The 509 says, read through the Ravens Reddit. Their fans are devastated. I think we got a good one. And Then then asked, odds on Seattle being featured on Hard Knocks. Well, that, that would be zero because it's a new head coach, and they don't Put teams with a new head coach on there. That's right. So not this season, anyway. What are the What are the stipulate? No new head coach, and you uh not a playoff team.
0: Couldn't have made the playoffs in yeah. two seasons. Two seasons yeah. in a row. So yeah. technically, if the Seahawks don't make it next Ap- year, then they could the year after that. Yeah, they uh, could
1: yeah. after the this upcoming season yeah. if they don't make the playoffs. Then they could potentially be on hard knocks yes. after that. Yeah. So yeah, the the fact that they have a new head coach sort of a it not sort of it does eliminate them from the. uh Hard knocks pool. How old's
2: Bobby? 34? Thirty four. Yeah, 30, Just a couple years 34? younger than his
1: head coach. Yeah.
2: I'm just <laughs> I'm just curious, like, you know, who, who who is gonna be the oldest player on the team? Maybe Gino at what is Gino? Thirty three? Thirty four. Thirty well, four. So. Well, Jason
1: Peters, but he's he was just one year. I don't know if he's yeah. gonna be back. He was forty one. Yeah, he could be the head
2: coach's dad. Yeah, pretty much. That's right. No, Uh but yeah, I mean I, that'll be interesting to to see when he gets up in front of the team. Is it going to be one of those things? Now, you know, we talked about Cliff Kingsbury and how he would get up there and go, "All right, guys, blah blah blah, go to your meetings." Right. Sean McVay does that from from what I understand. Talked to somebody who's pretty close to him and was was at his side for a couple years, and he was able to get. To get that done and it was all about and for him it wasn't because he didn't have a lot to say it's like let's get to our individual rooms and let's teach these guys let's teach what we're gonna what we're gonna do this week and so you know uh, I as far as inspiring speeches the first time you hear him maybe at the press conference not sure other than in that clip yesterday I don't think I've heard Mike McDonald
1: speak well in in I was thinking about that too, you know, because we heard he was kind of, you know, kind of quiet or whatever. We'll find out. But to me, it's more about, yeah, you don't have to be the loud guy in the in front of the team as long as they respond. If you can find a way to get your team to respond and respect you, respect what you're saying and respond to it. Stand in the corner if that's if that works. It just didn't work for Kingsbury. They didn't respond. They didn't seem to. He didn't seem to have that uh, that connection with the team. Whereas. I don't know that Belichick's a yeller and a screamer. Maybe he is behind the scenes, but his team responds. And as long as long as this guy can, can get this team on board, they buy into his philosophy, they buy into what he's teaching them, and he stands in the corner and he's quiet, but they, they respond. Who cares? Who cares? So I think that was more of a Kingsbury thing as opposed to, well, this is how you should do it.
2: Yeah, no, right? it's totally. And, again, comparison to Sean McVay, from everything that I understand, that's, what, that's exactly what he does. It's just a difference. And, you know, look, watching Hard Knocks, you only see so much. There's things behind the scene and things like that that – uh that you know you you don't get a chance to look at, but this will this will be interesting to kind of get to know this guy. Um, I think uh, it sounds like he he just know he knows offense and defense. He just knows football, and the fact that he impressed so many people on the way up, you know, is uh, it makes it very very interesting. I
1: love it. I love it. I'm fired up for it. Uh, a lot of positivity coming in. Three six zero. They got a stud. Two oh six or excuse me, the two five three says, "Yep, this was my guy from day one, Bryant." Checking in with almost exactly the same thing. This was my guy from day one, 206. They hired the best DC, which makes him the worst head coach. I'm not sure how that math works out, but all right. I guess not everybody will be happy. I I love the move, though. You guys can continue to weigh in if you think Seahawks nailed it, they got the right guy, or you're disappointed they didn't get Mike Kafka or something. I don't don't really know. (laughs) For us, anyway. I don't mean to – I'm I'm joking around. I would have been – I would have been a little let down if that was the head coach. Just I didn't feel inspired by that. Yeah, that I, choice. I'll
2: tell you what, though, I would have been much more curious going to his first uh, his first meeting. I would have been much more curious in our first conversation with John.
1: Like, okay, so how come? Yeah. <laughs> just, what'd you see? And he, listen, he may end up being a stud coach. I don't know. It's just as, as you talked about everybody's credentials and where they were coming from, what what you have on tape with, with what they do. Uh, you were much more inspired about what was going on with the Ravens' defense than the Giants' offense and things like that. So, uh, Ian Rappaport, talking about this, said the Seahawks would have waited as long as possible for McDonald.
0: My understanding is this has been the guy all along. Seattle ran a long process, a thorough process, brought several candidates in for second interviews, ran them through the entire car wash. But The reality was this was the guy that John Schneider, the general manager, had in his head for some time. They were unable to interview him Originally, and my understanding was, even if the Baltimore Ravens had been in the Super Bowl, they would have waited because McDonald was a guy they had to talk to.
1: I like that. I like that if that's true, that that was his guy all all along, that they got him. Now, and, and to John's credit, he did his due diligence. Well, let's let's talk to these other people. We can't talk to him yet. His team's still in the in the in the postseason, so we'll talk to you know Slowick, and we'll talk to this guy and that guy and this guy, and some of them they talked to twice. So he was, I give him full credit for doing that because you don't know what's going to pop up in one of those meetings where he thinks it's McDonald and maybe Frank Smith blows him out of the water. Like, whoa, where did this guy come from? Mm-hmm. This is I love what he's saying; it fits exactly what I'm looking. for. I mean, you never know, so I give him full credit for. On the surface, we don't know the particulars, but on the surface, it looks like he. He got his guy, but he didn't do it. Just well, I'm
2: not gonna do anything. We're just gonna wait for him. He, yeah, he did his he did his job well. And look, maybe there was somebody along the way that he's not, you know, thought this is my guy, but is disappointed that he wasn't available. But, you know, they were they were willing to 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 wait because Raheem Morris was a, was one that they really liked. I know that. And then when he was offered the head coaching job at Atlanta, he's like, I gotta go unless, and they're like, No, wait we're going to stick with our... Yeah, I mean, I guess they
1: could have... Technically, could have jumped in and said, all right, what are they offering? All
2: right, we'll give you this. If they truly... If that was his, his guy... Yeah. Right. Well, and I'll tell you what. If this was his guy, the entire which I don't know if Mike. I mean, look, uh, John Schneider's gonna not gonna come out and say, "Well, I really wanted this guy," but you know, but you know, if this is the guy <laughs> that they that they wanted, this is
1: our third choice. So we're long. pretty happy, I guess. Yeah. We'll but see how it goes.
2: I like that. You know, after 14 years of not getting to make this decision, now he's got you know the chance to uh, to uh, to hire pretty much anybody, and he waits for the entire thing to play out. I mean, I, I think that was. And maybe that was a really good thing that the Ravens lost in the uh, in the NFC or AFC Championship game because we'd be sitting there for two more weeks. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Waiting for the for the Pro Bowl. He really did us a favor.
1: I really appreciate John for helping us out, (laughs) so we could we could stop contemplating. Well, what are the merits of this guy versus the merits of that guy? No, it's 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 kind of a fun thing because we've never had to do it in relation to the Seahawks. It's it's just a it's it's new. It's exciting. I absolutely love the pick. I think they nailed it. Uh, and you guys, again, can weigh in, eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Did the Seahawks get the right guy as you see it? Seabass from Puyallup says, I'm not sure how anyone could not be happy. Maybe the uneducated? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's 99% yes. This is a great pick. Some people said, I, I wanted Harbaugh, but he wasn't even in the conversation. They didn't talk to him. So, yeah. That's well,
2: fine. I'll tell you the one thing uh, about John that I know about him is that he works his tail off, and he really gets into looking at every single player. Remember last year before the draft when we were talking to him, he he had pictures with C.J. Stroud, and I think it was every Will top, Levis, every and, top quarterback. I mean, if there's, uh, I he must just be flying from place to place because I know the Senior Bowl's going on right now, and he has typically gone to that every year. So, I think you can rest assured that if you believe in John, then you know that he went out and did the absolute best job he possibly could. And 425, putting
1: the obvious out there. It it makes it easier for you. At least you can pronounce his name. (laughs) That's exactly right. Mike McDonald, much better than a a Giro Evero. Yeah, well, it's easier
2: (laughs) for us than it is for the writers. Because it's a capital M and then lowercase. Oh, yeah, we heard that's going to be a problem. It's going to be tough. Actually, Brent said midway through the name, you don't have to hit the cap button so it's easier it's easier right because at one point he
1: was thinking well i can't wait till he's out of here and they get another coach so i don't have to spell it this way but (laughs) no it's all good everybody seems to be on board with this uh we'll talk a lot about this and uh, talk to people involved and it's going to be a lot of fun today meanwhile let's take two well,
0: now it's uh, just the Commanders, the only head coach opening left. Now, they did talk to Dan Quinn in person yesterday, but uh, something had also happened yesterday. A guy they had interviewed a couple times, Texans coordinator Bobby Slowick, just got a new deal and a reported pay raise to stay in Houston.
1: Yeah, this has been nothing but good for some of those guys. I, I don't know if Ben Johnson got a raise. I don't know if, you know, all these other candidates, Frank Smith got a raise. Kafka, did they get a raise? I don't, you know, maybe some of these guys will get poached as coordinators on other on other teams I know there's some rules in place that a team has to grant permission for a lateral move I believe um but we'll see I think it's Yeah, probably disappointing to some they didn't get the the head coaching gig, but maybe it
2: benefited their uh, current salary. Yeah, well, and also it just kind of looks like it really worked out for the Seahawks. I mean, look, a lot of it is is us saying, hey, we really like Mike McDonald and like what we see with him in in Baltimore, but it does kind of look like now all of a sudden these other things are kind of slipping off and this guy's going to stay there, and now it's... I feel like the Washington Commanders. There's just like a dark cloud following them all. all The Snyder cloud, the place.
0: Well, unfortunately, the Kraken wasted a great opportunity to move into a playoff spot last night. All they were doing was playing uh, the second worst team in the NHL, San Jose. Mm. They lost two to nothing, Mm. though, so they are two points out of a playoff spot heading into the All Star break.
1: Second worst team in the NHL, and they shut you out. That's no good. What's happened to Matty Beneers this year? By the way, yeah, he's, he's just, gotten
0: dinged up. I he's know been he's been gotten a little dinged hurt. up, but he's, he's, he's not back, played yeah. very well, has he? Yeah, they still need kind of an enforcer to protect him. He's taken some shots. Hmm. I mean, he doesn't really get the protection that you would think out of a, a budding star. So they've been stagnant, that's for sure.
2: Well, and it's not anymore because of the injuries, right? I mean, they have one guy on their on their injured list. So pretty much everybody
0: back, full strength debatable we don't know because you know whatever that hockey, is for the hockey with the uh, lower upper body so people are back but who knows if they're actually healthy or playing mm-hmm. through stuff
1: all right take two is brought to you by swedish cyber treat prostate cancer with swedish Cyberknife, swedish.org slash cyber prostate coming up seahawks have a coach but that now leads to another big question we'll get into that next with wyman and bob this is seattle sports on Seven Ten. Wyman and Bob,
0: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.
3: What's this music? I had the wrong hockey up. This is a bump in Stacey bed. I'm so Goodness. sorry. Today's been chaos. <laughs> so,
0: I, was like, little, oh, I don't know. I'm starting jam. to like
1: it. Turn it off. All right, everybody. It's Bob. <laughs> it's just, it feels like it should be like Barry White music. Or, what kind of a show are we running here? Wyman and Bobby here. Seattle Sports on 710. Hope you all having a great evening. Uh, no, uh, it, it, there's good news. We need energy. We got energy. The Seahawks have a new head man in town. There's a new sheriff in town. Now, uh, I'm curious what the what the coordinator search will be like. First of all, I know it's it's. You know, we'll talk to uh, Gary Kubiak about this. He's a guy who went from coordinator to head coach and you know had to fill out his staff. I'm sure in some cases they let the head coach, like, this is your baby, you, you bring in who you want to bring in. Obviously, they have the final say so, but I'm wondering if he and John are going to be working in conjunction together. They have a list that they're looking at together, or if if uh, McDonald's going to bring in a list of people and say, Here are the guys I love defensively, here are the guys I love offensively. What do you think? How do you think that process goes?
2: Yeah, well, first of all. I think that he absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely collaborated with, with Mike McDonald beforehand. To you know, and then that's what made it such a perfect hire for them is because you know he's like, yeah, I have this guy in mind. I don't know what you think about him. Maybe it's somebody that John knows. Whatever. I think that the interesting thing is going to be how he handles the defense because, again, I just think it would be a wasted resource to have Mike McDonald here as your head coach and not be calling the plays. And we'll we'll kind of hear about that from from Gary Kubiak later. Um, I think you know guys want to call they want to call the plays. D'Amico Ryan's you know um, uh, Staley mm-hmm. in in uh, with Los Angeles with the Chargers they they called their their defenses. Didn't work out for Staley, by the way. Sometime to their detriment, I was going yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah, so, and I think that's going to be also part of it for him that how much time does he have to spend, you know, away from just looking at defenses and, and you know, looking at the uh, upcoming offense. I mean, he's got he's got to look at everything now, and he's got to look at his coaches and sort of regulate what they're going to do, but I would think that you know, he he would have had a couple of good, strong guys in mind, and then John Schneider kind of, hey, this is sort of what we have. Let's see where we we mesh.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. And you're right, probably in those meetings, I'm sure John was like, all right, who you know, if this is your show, who do you have in mind for the offense? How do you see the offense running? What kind of offense do you want to run? What kind of defense do you want to run? Four three three four, blah blah blah. You know, I'm I'm guessing they got into all of that stuff, but I'm wondering if it, you know we briefly touched on this, any of the potential coaching candidates that are sitting out there right now, one of them will get hired for the commander's job, and then that's it, as far as job opening. So, you think those guys are on the move to fill out some of these staffs? You know, some of the, you know, like, uh, uh, we had Anish on, who's the Panthers play-by-play guy, and we were talking to him at the time about Ejero Evero, and, you know, in terms of what kind of a head coach he would he would make, but maybe this is a guy that could make a move as a, as a coordinator?
2: He came in, he ran a 3-4, he was able to make it work. I'll say maybe one strike against him is that someone like Jeremy Chin, who in his first two years in the league was a really good player, a safety who was making 100-plus tackles, was runner-up to Chase Young for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He basically fell off the map and played you know hardly any snaps this season. He was hurt for a while when he was healthy. He was only playing 25-30% of the snaps and became a glorified special teamer. So I think from a leadership standpoint, I can tell you this, the players that I talk to speak very highly of them. All of them are for Ejiro coming back and keeping this defensive coaching staff intact to run back the same defense last year. You know, if you ask me, is he a scheme guy? He's got his scheme. It's a 3-4 defense. They play a lot of strong nickel. Um, But I think the leadership component resonated in the locker room, and that's real. 3-4.
1: Three four. Do we want to move away from three four, Dave? It didn't feel right. Oh, <laughs> well, that's what they run in Baltimore. So they run yeah. three four there. Okay. Well, yeah. maybe they're not going to. Maybe well, I don't he's think just run it happen.
2: I don't think that's going to happen.
1: But. he's got a better way of running it, perhaps.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, definitely he does. And look, both work, man. I, I just I had a preference when I played, and it's just a matter of you know where you uh, how you coach it up, and you know what techniques you play, and things like that. I think more than anything, and I don't know it, this for a fact. But it, over the last two years, and, and love Clint Hurd, I think Clint Hurd is a great – and maybe he down the road he'll be a defensive coordinator. He's not the oldest guy in the world. I mean, he's still kind of a considered a young guy. But there were so many times, and I don't – I just went through this morning and I was looking at the Ravens defense and just watching different plays. I don't – I never saw anybody jogging or – with a question mark over their head, and I can mm-hmm. tell, I can tell when it, somebody and you look at the Seahawks defense last year, every play, every play, there was either somebody jogging, and that is because their brain is clogged up. So I, I think, to me, not that's just last year, two years, three years. Well, I mean, it's if you been go back since Rashard, I think, yeah. I think since
1: the sixteen was like the last year, right? That you'd point to and go, that was a that was a fair representation of of Pete's defense and what they're going for, and then. From that day or that year forward, it kind of started devolving.
2: This was, you know, I I thought it was on a different level this last year. I I thought it was was really different, and there was just way too many, too much thinking, too many rules, and that's what happens. And then when you have rules, you have to have exceptions and things like that. And, again, watching the Baltimore defense, it just everybody was going full speed. And that's going to be, you know, something that's going to be emphasized, you know, play faster. But I just think that's going to come naturally when you have everybody understanding exactly what they're supposed to do.
1: Another guy we had a chance to speak to uh, covers the Giants for ESPN Jordan Ronan, and this was Mike Kafka, again, another candidate that they had spoken to and just talked about now maybe he's somebody who can be a candidate as a coordinator. Uh, Not not sure if they want to leave their team to just be – a coordinator on another team but we'll, we'll see what happens ultimately but he talked about you know Kafka getting the the uh, Andy Reid stamp of approval he was the guy that Andy Reid thinks highly of okay he was in Kansas City he did a lot of good work you know helping bring Patrick Mahomes up he went to the Giants because he wanted the opportunity to call play that's why he made that move so it's really just the respect he has around the league from Andy Reid in particular and the, the work he's done there that's how his name got out there Andy Reed has a huge, very successful coaching tree. And Mike Kafka is kind of just the latest of that coaching tree. And I think that's the reason that, you know, Andy Reed and company think really highly of him. That makes people look and say, Hey, if Andy Reed likes this guy and thinks he's super smart and is really smart offensive mind, maybe we should look at him too. Yeah. I, I sure. They're probably considering everything. I would, I would think McDonald would want to bring over, Anybody he could from Baltimore that was on that staff that he worked well with, don't you think? If, if well, it's possible, like a, you know, yeah. down to the, the defensive line coach, down to the linebackers coach, down to the secondary coach, whoever whoever these guys are, if they were of like mind and they really had a cohesiveness, that if he's able to get them to come and they're allowed to allowed to leave by the Ravens, that they would, I would assume that would be his first choice.
2: Yeah, that, that's what I would think, too. And this is where it's a disadvantage for him. Okay, he's 36 years old. He's only been coaching, well, only. He's been coaching in the NFL since 2014. Well, he was an intern, if you don't want to count that year. 2015. So the thing, and this was talked about yesterday by, by Brock and Salk, and, and Brock brought up the, the point that Dan Quinn knows way more people in the NFL than than mike mcdonald does so you know uh that that's the one that's the one part where if he does have somebody that he really likes it's he's been on one professional team you know and when you look at dan Quinn, he's been around, he's been around the league and he kind of knows and he's been around longer. So it makes it more likely that, that he gets his guy. And I think, you know, if the, if there's somebody that he really likes in Baltimore, I'm sure they would say, Hey, okay, let's, let's get him in here and, you know, let, let's see, uh, see what he can do. But I mean, for the most part, it's going to be somebody that he's hasn't been with for a really long time and not, you know, the sort of depth that, uh, that Dan Quinn has as far as knowing people around the league. I'm curious what he's going to do offensively because you feel like
1: just his presence is going to be a fix for the defense. Doesn't mean it cures all of their ails. They're going to have to get the right players, and everybody gets used to whatever the new system and terminology and all that is. But you know, being that that's his strength, I've got a level of security about what's going to what's going to happen there. I wonder who the what they're going to do offensively. Like, is he going to look for something completely different? Hey, this is how I see this offense running. I'd like it to be. I don't know more up tempo. I'd like more shots downfield, or no? I'd like to, you know, really milk that clock and hand it off to the running backs much more than you guys did. Or just, I'm curious what kind of mind he's he has in mind to work under him.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm hoping that he is because you know that. Remember Mark Schlereth and everybody just ripped the Ravens for not running the ball enough in that game against Kansas City, and and they didn't have designed quarterback runs. Now, do I think he's going to have that for for Geno? probably not but gino there was lots of times last year where i thought he should have taken off running because defenses didn't know what to do yeah. <laughs> they didn't know whether to hit the guy or tackle him or you're gonna afraid you're gonna get a horse collar or a uh the dirty cousin of the horse collar the hip drop <laughs> now it's a dirty cousin <laughs> yeah nasty dirty filthy and yeah it's just to, to me it's Uh, I I feel like for him it's going to be more about um, you know running the ball and that goes along with the good defense you know and get back to that that's kind of old school stuff but I love that and I I feel like you know and we'll talk to Gary Kubiak once again uh, about that but how the trends sort of come around like oh we're going to run the ball and play really good defense you know what that was really fashionable in 2013 for the Seahawks yeah and it worked well
1: then we'll see what happens Uh, with with the new man Mike McDonald is your new head coach coming up obviously it's been a very interesting day so far so what could be bugging us well we might have to tap into matt for that we'll find out what's bugging everybody coming up what's bugging bob it's wyman and bob this is seattle sports on 710
2: What's bugging Bob? It could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey.
1: It might be Angels fans. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out
0: what's bugging Bob.
1: What's bugging Bob presented by Issaquah Pest Control. Coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll speak with former player, former player, Coordinator, former head coach. He's done it all in this league, including bringing Dave Wyman into prominence at one point. <laughs> Why do you keep saying that? I don't know, because he was a coach when you were on the team. I, don't, I know he had nothing to do with it, but, you know, i like to give him credit. Gary Kubiak will join us coming up at 3 o'clock, and we'll relive the glory days of Dave Wyman as a as we, a youth in the NFL.
2: <laughs> we intersected for one year. It was a, it, an important year, Dave. You know what was weird? It was funny because he was out of the league and getting his first sort of job as – I don't know. He was he was like an assistant. Oh no, wait, he was oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I thought you know what? I thought it said he was offensive coordinator. He wasn't. He was one of the assistant coaches anyway. And and so he came back there with Shanahan. And so and but he had been in Denver, so I think that's why Shanahan hired him. And then there was another guy named Rick Dennison who also played linebacker for the for the Broncos for a long time, and then I was like 33 years old and kind of like an old man. So I ended up hanging out with some of the coaches that were like more from my era. Some of the legit old men. So when we would go <laughs> on the road, um, there was a couple of different places where we uh, we went to a racetrack a couple of times. That got to be a tradition. If you have a two day trip, you know, yeah. just you're trying to kill time on Saturday, and yeah, just started hanging out with him and and Dennison and two really good dudes. It, amazing though, and I'd forgotten when you look back at, at Gary Kubiak and his history, he's been head coach for like ten or eleven years in the NFL.
1: Yeah, so he's he's a good guy to talk to. He'll know what it is to make that jump from a coordinator to being the man in control of everything. Yeah, all of a sudden you, you're you're steering the ship. Good luck. Yep. You know. So we'll we'll talk to Gary coming up at three o'clock. Meanwhile, uh, what's bugging you? Anything bugging you today?
2: Uh, no, I'm perfectly fine. I, I have I have no problems. Mike, Mike I, the I last feel like piece there's
0: sarcasm there. Mike,
2: Mike ate the last piece of pizza in the sports pit. The uh, least surprising thing
0: ever said. After you took a piece of pizza, though.
2: Okay, there was like 24 pieces of pizza. I had two of them.
0: Oh, yeah, I did have three. You're right. <laughs> My bad. Really I was, I was helping me. everyone out. It was pineapple on pizza. I was pizza, helping. It. So at, didn't want to leave that hanging around.
1: Look at the altruistic nature of Lefko.
2: I was helping everybody
1: Some out. Some people I, don't
0: I like pineapple on pizza.
2: I didn't really want
1: it, but I did it for everybody
2: else. Remember when they bring in uh, Newman to eat the stumps? Yeah, off the, the muffin stumps. The muffin stumps. That'd be Leftco. Leftco would be that guy. <laughs> Show up with a couple jugs of milk. <laughs> oh, what do you need eating? <laughs> I'll eat
0: it. Make
2: it uh, disappear.
1: So you you wanted another piece, but uh, it was taken by Leftco. <laughs> no, I had plenty. <laughs> I'm just teasing Leftco. I got nothing. You what got, do you got, got? Nothing? I, It's a good day. Seahawks have their man, and yeah. it, 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 it turns out it's a guy we all wanted. That's pretty cool when that works out. Instead of. All right, well, let's get to know this guy. And you feel like you almost have to be sold on it as a fan? Like, talk talk me into it. You know, can't wait for the press conference. Maybe they win you over. I, w- I, I love the move. I'm excited about the move. I can't wait for football season to start again for the Seahawks and yeah. see what it looks like. So, uh, and the Mariners, I think, pulled off a nice trade. Yeah, you seem happy. Every, everybody can stay healthy. I, I like it.
2: I, that was my first question, Bob. Are you okay with this trade? I like For it, Jorge Polanco. I like it yeah. if, if he can stay healthy.
1: I, I feel like I can't say yes without throwing in that little caveat. But look, yeah.
2: I, I still, I still think that was one of the best things I heard from the guy from the Athletic yesterday. That oh, this guy's a warrior. Yeah. You yeah, know, that if he's, he's gonna, not out
1: there. That there's, there's really, something really something going wrong. on. Yeah, go. so yeah, as far as our sports teams go, it was. Uh, I did have to get up really early today. Had to take Frank to the vet, uh, and I realized traveling at at nine a.m. to Capitol Hill is a really poor time for traffic. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was a really poor time for traffic. That's, I don't recommend it. It it took much. Thankfully, I left. Really early, but my goodness, just night and day from when I normally leave. So, yeah, that outside of that. What time did you go to bed last night? Uh, Do you adjust accordingly? I, I tried. No? I, well, I went to bed earlier. I didn't fall asleep until probably close to three, and I got up at eight. So
2: I hate so. that when I look at the clock and it's like twelve, and I'm like, ah, if I go to sleep right now, I'll yep. get eight hours. You're doing and then the you math. Lay there, and then you, oh man, it's going to be seven and a half. Yeah. Now it's six and a half. Yeah, you're terrible. just keep doing
1: the math, laying there. Dang it! Yeah. And then the more frustrated you get, the less tired you are. So, right. uh, but yeah, outside of that, uh, it's all good, Matt. You're our guy. You're our rock in this segment. You- Don't worry, I can carry you the rest of the way.
3: <laughs> I can I can always find something. <laughs> what's What's got you going today? This weekend, I was accidentally generous at a coffee shop Uh-oh. I go to up in Marysville sometimes. Accidentally. Accidentally. That's the main thing. Uh-oh. They have one of those swipe terminals where after you order the coffee, you give them their card, punch it in. They flip it around so you can give them a tip. Uh-huh. And... The tip screen had changed, but I hadn't noticed until I had pressed the button. It used to be like 18, 20, 22. They had changed it to 20, 25, 30. I meant to tip 22%, which I think is overly generous to begin with. I accidentally tipped 30. Look at you. And No, no, no. Don't (laughs) say it was a good thing. I did not mean to. (laughs) But I pressed the button, and by then it had the little check mark, and it was too late. Did you think about going... Is there any way to reverse this? I didn't want to give you this much. That would have been too Larry David. I couldn't have done it. It would have started too a whole Larry spiral David. of things. But yeah. I
1: just, I don't know. But like, now you're like their favorite customer. They're like, hey, probably. here he comes
3: again. Get- yeah, but they're
2: going to expect that next
1: See, time. See,
3: that's the other problem. Comes I've been the big here chipper, before. everybody. They're going to expect it next time. And I mean, it's 8% of a coffee order. Like, it's not like it's going to break the bank or anything. But it's just kind of the principle of the thing of like I'm used to hitting the right button yeah. when I tip. So normally you're at what twenty? So that's what twenty-two the one? at this place. What which are we I talking think... about? Like a buck twenty-seven extra, probably. Where are you getting coffee that you only have to pay a buck twenty-seven? I'm no, you're talking so, about. you saying tip? that's the, the extra nuts. part.
2: Oh, the extra. <laughs> Sorry, that was (laughs) was uncalled for. That was a little aggressive. That was uncalled for. (laughs) Dave getting a little aggressive there. Look at how much Matt enjoyed it. (laughs) They really did. Oh no, I mean the gross amount. It was no,
3: I mean the difference was probably less than a dollar. But again, it's just the principle of the things. They changed the tip screen. Is it? Is it? They they
1: lured me into a trap. Do you feel like you've created an expectation now that when you come in, here comes Maddie, big bucks. This is a big tipper. Everybody serve him well. I'm worried. I have. (laughs)
3: But now I don't know. Can I go back to just tipping like 20%? Sure you I don't can. know if I can.
2: Sure, you can. And then also, you better check next time they don't go. All of a sudden, there's like a 35, 40, 45. They're going to do it again. They're going to, they're upping that's it the on you con. every single time.
1: They probably can adjust it each time and go, this guy never pays attention. Put it on 50, 55, 60. He doesn't know. Maybe that's what yeah. they do. Different customers
3: have different tip buttons. <laughs> that's right. Oh, we're blowing this conspiracy wide I open. I liked that he was accidentally generous. <laughs> oh, I would have never done it on purpose. That would have been too nice.
2: I had a buddy that used to, <laughs> when he got like bad service or something, and I could never do this i think one time i i don't think i entire we actually got in an argument with a waitress and that's never happened to me before because i was like well this was kind of this because there any chance I'm like well that's just how we do it anyway she was terrible and i still don't think that she um that i totally stiffed her yeah but i had a buddy that used to always if something happened he would write a little uh, sad face and it would say, too bad, so sad. He would always write that down. Oof. And I was like, wow.
1: Yeah. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could. I'm like you. Even when I've got received bad service and somebody isn't very yeah. polite, I've still... I'm like, i thought, certainly you contemplate, like, I'm not giving this person a tip. And then when it shows up, I'm like, I can't do that. You know,
2: who ruined me was Chuck Knox, because he used to always, when you would make the team and the, it, the season would start, he would give you all these nuggets. And so one of the things that he would say is like, you're a Seahawk now, you're going to go around town, make sure you leave uh-huh. a good tip because people are going to watch you on TV and go, that guy is a cheap word I can't say. Son of a gun. Yeah. So he he would always instill that in everybody. And I was like, oh, man, he's right. Fact is, probably most people didn't know who I was, or they thought I was Dave Craig or Paul Moyer yeah, or the Boss. Say that Moyer so, guy is cheap. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Yeah, go around and say, yeah, name's Paul Moyer. Yeah. <laughs> there's a
2: five percent tip.
1: It does get around. Ask no tip in Scotty Pippen. He'll tell you. Oh, uh, that, he Lef- was
2: proud of that though, wasn't he?
1: I don't know if he was proud, but it got around. It was it was pretty prominent. Yeah,
0: left before we move on. Yeah, real quick. I have one. Um, have you ever been like very tired on your couch? <laughs> and you're like, okay, I can't wait to go to bed and there'll be a good sleep. Yeah, but like somehow, every day. Yeah, somehow <laughs> the tired on the couch doesn't translate to actually going to sleep well, and that happened last night. Did you nap tried, on the couch? Yeah, I was kind of dozing in and out, watching the Kraken, you know, not score goals, yeah. and then I was like, all right, I'll get a good night's sleep, go to bed early. Didn't get any sleep, really.
1: <laughs> Lay there, stared at the ceiling. Yeah. That's, that's, that's bugging
2: me. Watching the crack
3: and not <laughs> get goals. <laughs> not get goals.
1: That's <laughs> exhilarating. It got you too hyped up. They were okay. just skating. Really all hard. right. There you go. Coming up, uh, what does it take to make that jump from coordinator to first-time head coach? Gary Kubiak has been through it. He's been through all of it. He's going to join us next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.